years of crime. Do not accept it. Demand a genuine cassette from your video store. So they say VHS is dead. It's been axed. An obsolete format on the way of Bitamax. But easy don't scratch, start then freeze. Or even not play at all because it comes from overseas. Step in my house, they right in your face. A thousand pages each in a fake red leather case. Maybe all, but I can guarantee there's more gold dust in your final DVD. And my JVC VCR's major. Get more tricking than the middle earth ranger. Wired like a dream to my speaker system. Analog supreme to your digital victim. A high tech mission in all is a solution. More definition, more tech evolution. Let them all scream for the video execution. But I have a dream for a VHS revolution. Federation against copyright theft. Fact on 081. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dead Format Video Shop Podcast. I am filmmaker Nick Box and film collector and for the last 25 to 30 years I've basically devoted my whole life to film in some way or another. Um, I'm now in my early 40s and I've decided that I'm going to do something really crazy and open a video shop in 2021. This podcast, I detail my adventures in setting a shop up, and eventually, once it's set up, I will be continuing to, to update people on how the shop goes once uh, once it's launched. Each week, I have a different guest on uh, from people I've met over the years in my adventures in the world of filmmaking, film fandom, and just uh, anything linked to film. And those guests will be from all sorts of walks of life, and we will basically recommend us five titles of a chosen theme by themselves that we'll put in a recommended section in my store when it eventually opens. Tonight I am joined by a very close friend and co-worker, because we've collaborated a few times, Stuart Fitzsimmons. Uh, he's a filmmaker, a YouTuber, and all-round bloody nice chap. Uh, Stu? Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, guys, my name's Stuart. Um, you know, I, as Nick says, we've worked together a few times. And uh, just, I make films. Well, I say I make films. I haven't really made much in, in the last while, but I make films and I do some YouTube stuff as well, um, reviewing video games, that kind of thing. And that's pretty much me. Yeah. That is pretty much you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always do it with a great smile. <laughs> I, I try. I got, you've got to be positive, right? You know what I mean? If you're not positive, it's, it's never going to be fun. So. Not positive, you're negative. So basically, <laughs> we'll start the show, and the first question I always ask everybody on the show is, what is like your earliest memory of video shops? Uh, okay, so, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Uh, so how, how long have we known each other? About 10 years or so, yeah? We know, yeah, about, about 10 yeah. years we've known each other. And um, what, how long did you live in Paynton for? I... I, I lived in Painton from, um, I moved there in 1999. 99. So if you're talking about, I mean, the only video shop I remember when I moved there um, was South Pacific. It's right? not going to be that. Well, I will talk about that later, yeah. but it's not going to be that yeah. my first video yeah, shop. I know, there was, I know there was more video shops around, but by the time I got there in 99, the only one that was left locally was South Pacific. And I mm. think... That was it, yeah. That was a good store, man. When it was a video around, so it was great. That was cool. I do want to like, yeah, yeah. delve right into that at some point because that's a good one to talk about when it comes to how shops are laid out. Uh, definitely, definitely. And, and a treasure trove of movies. Um, but yeah, so um, but anyway. So, I, so my, my first like video shop rental experience was, um, the reason I asked like, you know, how long you've been living in pain is because in the 90s, there was a guy who used to come around the estate uh, in a van. He oh. was cool. Stan, oh. stand the man, the video, stand, right. stand the video man. 
uh, in, in the a video year, van? In the year 2000, mm. I had an accident and I couldn't walk for two for, for 18 months. And when I first had the accident, this guy used to come round to our house with videos. And I, we had one back where I lived before I moved to Devon. But yeah, we did have, uh, there was a guy that came round and dropped some videos off. It's like a white UPS van. It was a white, it was a white van. I can't remember what he was called. Um, but I know that I rented a Night at the Roxbury from him. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> one of the titles I remember renting from him. Yeah. So uh, he was he was my first. Like, so basically, it was the same guy. His name was Stan, and he he lived around a corner from us, and he was always around the estate. Um, but he was Stan, the video man or the video rental man in his white van or something on his lines. What we always used to call him anyway. And like, um, he used to come around certain nights, and. Every every time this you know, night came up, kind of myself and my brothers would wait for the lights to talk, turn up at the top of the hill, and then we'd run out and wait for him to kind of park up, and then would get in rent of rent videos from him, and that's what he did, and it was great. And I just remember kind of you, know, you step into the you step into the side panel of the door, and you go into the back of the van through the front, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like like I said, like an old UPS van, but not a UPS van, but like a box yeah, van. Yeah, yeah, like a like a box van, but the front part was almost like a like a bus that you stepped on, and then you just went into the back, and um, and yeah, he had all these videos just kind of lined up against the walls on like wooden wooden racking with like a little thing just so it didn't fall out and fly out as he was driving around, and um, and yeah, like I just remember my brother taking me in in there every every week kind of thing, and we'd rent out a video every single time, and there was a few that I rented a lot, and then there was some that. I didn't rent as as much, but then that, I went to other rental stores as I got older as well. But this guy was a legend. He just he just loved it. Like he just guy absolutely loved what he did. And eventually he was um, he was you know, told he couldn't do it anymore because I think he was selling like black market fags or something something like that. <laughs> you know, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, that's I, a I, black market cigarettes for anyone who lives anywhere else in the world. Oh yeah, I'm sorry guys. Um, yeah, black market cigarettes. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, I, I think he stopped that, and it was just like it was just that I, idea of like this, you know, like books on wheels almost. Um, yeah. You know, like a, a, mo a mobile library or you know, just this mobile video shop was the first memory I could think of mm. of a rental store. What tapes did you you say like rent? <laughs> Persistently, continuously, uh, when you were younger. Specifically, oh, these are the kind of the tapes I'm going to be talking about today. That like mostly the films we're we'll talking about today, but specifically off, <laughs> off Stan. Uh, there was one, and I, I don't really know why, because it's not a great film. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, but I had a weird like John Schwartz obsession. Um, I went to I went to Orlando for the first time ever in 1998, and I'd watched Face Off. Right. Like I just loved it i was 10 years old loved it obsessed with this movie nicholas cage john Travolta. i loved them anything they were in i'd watch and this film i would always always rent off of stan was phenomenon <laughs> well uh, weirdly you say that right i i actually saw phenomenon twice at the cinema <laughs> yeah. um i at the time i was still living uh, in surrey hampshire way and um I had this friend called Graham. Basically, we'd go to the pictures like all the time, and and there was a thing called Cinema One Hundred Day, where basically it was like celebrating the hundredth anniversary of cinema. Um, but then they, they ran it for like three years on a trot, 
So it was like a hundred days of cinema, but basically you could go to the pictures for a pound, and there was like um, there was like a special screenings. Now I can't remember. I've got a feeling Phenomenon came out just before Cinema One Hundred Day, and we'd gone and seen it, and then on that actual day, I think we went to the pictures at like nine in the morning and just watched films until like midnight. We just all day long coming out of films, and I'm pretty sure. We, that was why we saw Phenomenon twice. But we also, on one of those Cinema 100 days, got to see Empire Records at the pictures, which I thought was pretty cool because it didn't really get a very big release over here. So I got to see that. I got to see Private Parts with um, uh, uh, Howard Stern. Watch, Howard Stern, yeah. I remember yeah. watching that on the TV for the first time, and that yeah. thing blew my mind. I was too young to watch that film. <laughs> <laughs> Far too young to watch that film. That speaker scene, Jesus Christ, that awakens something in me. <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, we saw we saw private parts of the pictures on uh, that on one of those Cinema One Hundred days or Cinema One Hundred and One Day or whatever the second one was. Um, but yeah, um, so I just sort of got to see Phenomenon twice. But yeah, it's an odd one. I mean, it's like it is a, it's a, it's quite a boring film. Right, um, right. Wasn't it directed by the Star Trek guy? Oh, I don't know. Um, you'll have, have, have to look at that. I'm going to look on the IMDb because I'm pretty sure. Or was the Star Trek guy in it? It was something to do with... The, the only thing I can... I can only really remember the basic premise of the film, and that's John Travolta sees a light in the sky. All of a sudden, he gets super intelligent. He can read books, like, 50, 60 a day, and he can eventually start moving things with his mind. And that was kind of it. It was a really quite a sappy film. And then he falls in love with Clara Sedgwick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, so he's doing rabbits about... as well, like he's doing getting the yeah. crops. Just it just right. it was a weird film. Yeah, he does, yeah, yeah. Because it, it turns out it was like a it was like a tumour kind of like wrapped around his brain or something yeah. like this, and it was that's why he was able to do it because it was unlocking his powers and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so, something about that film just hooked me, man. Like when I was a kid I just I loved it. I think it's because it was a safe John Travolta movie. And <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what it was. At the same like, time, around the same time, he did Michael as well, where he played an angel. Oh God, yeah, no, oh my God. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It was. It starred Brent, Brent Spiner from Star Trek was in it, and Forrest Whitaker was in it as well. Yeah, that also might have been a reason why I really liked it because I loved Next Generation, and I was watching that a lot at that time when I was that age. Definitely for sure, <laughs> I was well into Next Gen. <laughs> Now I can't go back and watch it because mainly I don't want it to. I don't want to ruin it for myself. I don't want to watch something that could be dated so badly. If you know what I mean. Yeah, see, I'm not really a Star Trek guy to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, no, phenomenon. Um, I, mean, I like before. Yeah, well, Star Trek wise, I like I like uh, vintage Star Trek, and I love all the Star Trek movies. But I've never been into the TV series. Yeah. So, but, but the guy I went to see <laughs> phenomenon was a massive Trekkie and I remember him getting really excited that Brent Spiner was in it. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Steve, so obviously what we do on this on this podcast is we ask you to pick five films that fit in a theme that will sit on a recommended shelf by you in the video store. So, um, what theme have you gone for? <laughs> I haven't really got like a general like genre or anything like that. These are just films that I used to rent all the time as a kid and right. pretty much everything is kind of let's say late 80s early late 80s to 90s there's right. nothing after 2000 on this list right. <laughs> that's what we like we, we like to talk about the uh, the, the stuff from the, uh, Man, from the I'm, 80s 90s. I'm pretty sure that I don't hang on yeah I'm pretty sure 
that the earliest film he got on here is maybe 91, maybe. I could be very wrong on that. Oh. So it looks like a 90s list. I think that's my theme I'm going for. <laughs> oh, just... so we're not going to get any Star Chaser or American Rabbit on it? No, man, I know. Oh. You, when you mentioned that on, the fir- on your first episode, man, I was like, like, honestly, my heart just went out. I was like, I love Star Chaser so much. That's incredible. <laughs> that's the film I never rented because I actually owned it. That was one of the films that, like, basically secured our friendship. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I saw that poster on your wall. Because that, that was, was the it. first time you came around to my house, wasn't it? You came around to visit me when uh, just after I'd made She's Dead. And you came yeah. out and we were talking about something. And you walked in and I had this massive, like, quad poster of Star Chaser Legends of Orin on the wall. And you just lost your shit. Yeah, <laughs> man. I was like, I was like... <laughs> When you die, I'm in the will. That's, that's mine. <laughs> it will be, man. It will be. I've always promised it to you. It will be yours. It's, oh, that, that, I mean, I love Star Chasers so much. But like, that, the reason that's not on this list is because I, I never rented it. Like, my, I think my, my brother had it, and I watched it all the time. You see, I always forget that you are, I mean, obviously you're about, you're about 10 years younger than me, aren't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so you would have missed out, I was like, I, that was my go-to rental when I was mm. a little kid. It was like, you know, always like a star chaser. Yeah, so um, it's going to be 90s movies, kind of, because of that age difference there. Well, I've been on a bit of a 90s kick at the moment as well, myself, we're watching a lot of 90s stuff, so yeah. we just see what you picked out, might give me some more inspirations. So, yeah, yeah. go for it, what's your first title? <laughs> Um, so, my first title I'm going to throw up there is honestly a film, like, I also want to talk about, like, trailers and stuff eventually, some of this, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit here. Um, the first film I'm going to pick is the live-action Fist of the North Star movie. With Gary Daniels. With Gary Daniels, yeah, yeah. man. As he used to be credited back then, British kickboxing champion Gary Daniels. That's the one. That's the he name. named his son Kenshiro he after did. that film. Yeah. did and like to be honest like, I, I remember seeing this video on the shelf and this was in South Pacific this is when I, when I yeah. got this one walking into this like dingy like <laughs> little video shop uh, before we go yeah let's, let's just tell the audience about South Pacific yeah man no South Pacific video right is something of wonder right it was amazing so basically it was a big red shop that was on the corner of a street that looked like a candy store, like from Willy Wonka. And then when you went went inside, it was like an American diner, right? Now, by the time I moved there in 99, this place had obviously had its heyday. So the upstairs was never really open. There was like a bit of like a general convenience store bit upstairs. Mm. And then you went down like a spirally staircase into this video room, right? And this video room was insane. I mean, it was insane. There was a second room that was always, like, shut off. It was just, like, piles and piles of videos. And when I moved there, there was a guy, there was a Scottish guy that worked in there, right? And I swear to God, he was Neil Marshall, the director of Dog Soldiers, <laughs> right? I, I believe his name was Dave. That was what killed him. But other than that, right, because like, Dave, this Dave, who used to work in South Pacific Video, he moved away in, like, 2000 or something, and then a couple of years later, Dog Soldiers came out, and Neil Marshall was directing them. And I swear that this Dave had become Neil Marshall, because um, <laughs> he, he was going off to to write write films. So that's what he yeah. wanted to do. Because this Dave was so, he was so knowledgeable on on on, on, on films. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe Neil Marshall isn't his maybe name. he really is Neil Marshall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but no, like, but you're right. It's South Pacific was is nonsense. Like, I remember it very differently because I, I never really went into it after it became the convenience store. Mm-hmm. So I, I went downstairs once or twice and that was about it. And I think by the time I started to, you know, really 
go into, I was working a lot as well, so I never really had time. And, uh, you know, but what I do remember very specifically is when the upstairs was open as the video store. Like, it was something else. Like, um, so you'd, you'd go into the front door, and on, on your right, you had that 50s diner thing going on. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of there. It was like a display. It was just weird. It just didn't do anything. And then you kind of went, went down this corridor, and on the right, you had this counter that's kind of like inset into the wall. And there was usually a dude with a fag in his, ha fag in his mouth, yeah. a cigarette in his mouth, sorry, and uh, just puffing away, watching whatever film. Like, you, literally, as you've ever seen in any kind of, like, film where a bodega turns up or they go to a video store and it's just somebody watching a movie. It's exactly that. And you go into the back and they had, like... So, probably the best way I can describe it is... You know, um... Angry Video Game Nerd? Yeah. Yeah, like, his basement... His video kind of set up basement. Yeah, but bigger and more like more tapes. It was, it was just, it went on for ages. But yeah, it was kind of like, but it was literally floor to ceiling full of tapes. I and mean, when I moved it, there, each corner was just a darkened area. You know, you I mean, what was, was amazing as well because like when I when I got there, it was like '99. So by this point, like DVD was slightly creeping in. Mm -hmm. And they were starting to make that transition to DVD. And any, literally, any tape I wanted, if I asked them, they would sell it to me. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I remember going in there, like, the second or third time I'd ever been in a store. And I said, I don't suppose you've got Garbage Pail Kids the movie, have you? And he said, wait for, wait for me. And he yeah. just disappeared, going for a massive pile of tapes. And he comes back with X Rental. Well, big box rental copy of oh. Garbage Pail Kids the movie and says Fiverr and it's yours. And I was nice. just like, oh, and I was yeah, like that... have you got Deadly Prey? Have you got Terrorvision? Have you got Video Dead? And like, it just got me all these tapes. It was yeah, amazing. Man, like, it was nuts. Like, so when I went video time, like, you know, DVD wasn't really, a th it wasn't really a thing, as you said. It was like, really, like, DVD was just kind of coming out as the time I was going in there. It was all video. Everything on the walls was video. And it was all cassette. In fact, my earliest memory of it was DVDs didn't exist. And you... So I remember specifically renting the Child's Play trilogy after they were banned in the UK. You know, after the Jamie Bolger tragedy. It was only number three that got the yeah. reaction banned. But they were all there. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it was before... It was before... Um, <laughs> it was before Bride of Chucky, because so I went in there with my brother and he, he got them for me. And, um, you know, and we'd watch it. He's the terrorized, he's terrorized with those, those films. And, yeah, they were just there. And you'd have all these kind of weird, obscure movies. Like you said, Garbage Pail Kids was there. You know, and it was just, it was just this amazing video store that, like I say, it was just dark. And then you had, like, one little area, like, just opposite the till. That was all your penny sweets as well. You're snacking, you, you know, your, your bits of popcorn and your, your gummy worms and whatnot. And you, you didn't really, if you think back on it, you probably shouldn't have ever, ever had any of those. But it was just like this, I loved South Pacific so much. Like, I, at one point, I wanted to have that store and do it myself. And I wanted everything from there. And like I said, the, the setup, it was just kind of went around a corner. And I never went downstairs until I was older. And this upstairs bit was just, like I said, floor to ceiling videos. Like, no, you I couldn't see more. Now I think of it, when I when I moved there, it, the video shop was upstairs, but I he let me downstairs, and that's where the mm. excess stock was. Yeah, it was. And a... that's where there was a room just full of like just mountains and mountains and mountains of tapes, <laughs> just like so many you just could not believe. You'd be down there for like a week just sorting through everything, and um, 
but it was insane. But what happened to it? I'm trying to think. Last time it, I was there, was it, was it like a tanning shop now or something? No, so well, I, I don't know. I mean, last time I was there, it was just uh, like a it was like a bodega. It was a little cheap convenience store. You know, it had everything and and nothing all at once. You know, you know like ramen noodles just kind of mm-hmm. on a wall, but then like you had like loo roll and stuff, and there was no videos, no DVDs. I've got, a feeling, I've got a feeling that a few years back when I visited, I think it changed into like a tanning shop or something that like that. Honestly, doesn't surprise me. I'm still pretty sure it still says South Pacific on that window. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, it's definitely up on up on the up on the uh, kind of the wall bit. It's, I'm just positive, but I haven't been back down to Devon, at least to paint in in town for a couple of years now. I've yeah, been. So I, I went once. I went once in the last two years and that was like last October but I was there very briefly yeah. so I didn't have a look but uh, I mean it, it, well, that was just one of, the, one of the coolest video shops I've ever been to Yeah. and that, that Scottish Dave who really is Neil Marshall um, <laughs> well, done. Marshall. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well done for Dog Soldiers and Descent Absolutely, uh, man. I wasn't too keen on Doomsday. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah but Dog Soldiers I mean nailed it absolutely fucking nailed it um, oh, excuse me sorry um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I would go into the store and I remember seeing Gary Daniels stood there in his pose with these marks on his chest, looking really cool on his brown cover and it looking, I mean, again, I've got the DVD of this now and it's got the same, it's got the same cover and you can see those extensions are just falsely put in because <laughs> I love the DVD because it's got these extras on it, which makes, like Gary Daniels knew what he wanted to do and he just messed his film up and he just, like, hated it. But the original picture for that front cover, he had short hair, so he superimposed yeah. it all on. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, actually, I, mean, I, I worked at the video shop when it came out. I was working at Blockbusters when it came out. Mm. <clears throat> and, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, I'm a martial arts fan, so <clears throat> I liked Gary Daniels. But I didn't, I liked him when he was in Hong Kong stuff. And I absolutely fucking worshipped him in City Hunter. Um, because obviously City Hunt is like one of the greatest films ever made. Um, but um, I, yeah, I, I, I was always touch and go with like some of his standalone films. And funny enough, about two weeks ago, I started watching some Gary Daniels films again. Hmm. And like, it was strange because I, I, I mean, Fist of the North Star did feel like a fairly big budget film for him. Yeah. Even though it was it was still quite small. I mean, I think it was a straight to video, wasn't it? But it, it was it was his big break movie, wasn't it? That's that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. It, it, it's got Malcolm McDowell in it, and and one of the isn't it got Chris Penn in it as well? It's got Chris Penn, and it's also got Vader from you know old WCW and yeah. WWF as well. And apparently there was a lot of problems there, but yeah, but Chris Penn like was very uh, convinced he could do martial arts and just and it's like, I don't need kick pads, I don't need kick pads. And Gary Daniels just kicking the crap out of him, like yeah, I need some kick pads. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, but it was, it was just one of those moves. That it absolutely fascinated me. But like, but one of the things that really drew me to this film and made me rent it so much was the trailer for the cartoon that came out in the eighties mm. because that was nuts. Like, you see the live-action version of it, and he's like, yeah, da 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 yeah, da tapping all this dude, and this guy's head just explodes out of nowhere. Crack fist of an all-star and all Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And he's like, you are already dead, and it's just like, that's epic. And then you see the cartoon version of it on the trailer beforehand, and it's even more. Like, everything about it is more, and I just, I, that film made me you fall see, in love with that series. You see, see, the thing is, I mean, I, obviously, I, like I said, I'm a little bit older than you, so obviously the manga video label had come out, and... 
Fist of the North Star was one of like the sort of the flagship releases in the early nineties. So I was already a, a massive fan of the anime. Um, obviously, only the, only the movie because we hadn't had the TV series over here at that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, so I was already a massive fan of the animated movie. Um, I mean, that and Ninja Scroll were my two favourites. Oh, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> so then, when when obviously this came out and it wasn't quite what the anime delivered. Like I'd say, if you want if you want a live action film that's close to the fifth of an all star story, Ricky. Is oh, yes, hundred percent. Ricky O, story yeah, of Ricky. Yes, that, that's more a fist of an all star in my opinion. I mean, obviously the plot literally punches like, a wall punches, open. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> punches a man, his head explodes and stuff. Look, that that's what Ken Shiro was doing in the anime. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they couldn't really do that with, and they were trying to make this more of like a. Like um, I think was it was it only like a was it a PG or something like that? It was kind uh, of like I believe it was an eighteen because there was a lot of blood in it. Like yeah. you gotta remember, like what about the end when he's literally got blood just pissing out of him, mm. and um and there was like you know proper deaths and stuff as well. Because when he when um uh what's his name Shin? I want to say mm-hmm. Shin. No, it's not Shin. I, I want to no, no, yeah, Lord Shin. Yeah, yeah. Um, he drives his finger into Ken's chest. It just just blood goes everywhere. Do you know what I mean? So it was. I'm pretty sure it was an eighteen. Yeah. But it was, it, they kind of, I mean, I know Fist North Star is kind of Mad Max looking anyway, but I think they really tried to capitalise on, like, Road Warrior. I'm just trying the way it looks, you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, like, ten years previous, obviously, you had, like, that whole movement of uh, post-apocalyptic movies, and, like, the Italian post-apocalypse movies as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it definitely fitted a bit with them. But it did feel a bit, it still felt a bit fantasy as well. It felt like oh, a bit yeah. more of a fantasy world than, a, than, than just a desolate um, post-apocalypse. But, yeah, it definitely had that vibe to yeah. it. The music really helped with the music in that mm. film. was actually really great. I mean, yeah, it's good. To, I can't again, remember the score, but I, I've got the score. Um, yeah, I can't remember who did it. Oh, I have got, I have got a copy of the score somewhere. Yeah, I mean, like if you watch that film, you think this is bad. Like, just at least listen to the music. Like, the music is really good. It really sets the mood for the film properly. It's one of those films like, I genuinely just... think it was a great film. I genuinely love it. So yeah, much. I keep to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should, man. You should revisit. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe I'll come up and watch together, you know. You, 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 you <laughs> could see this like look of glee on my face while I was watching it, you know. <laughs> watch it on VHS. Oh, mate, that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have it on VHS? Um, I don't think... No, I don't have it at the moment on VHS, but I can probably track a copy down. Oh, my hopes up, man. <laughs> I'll get it. When, I, when, I get, when the shop's up and running, I'll make sure I have a VHS copy. Yeah, stuff. you will. Oh, that'd be amazing. Or even laser disc. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. No, no, shh. Stop it, Stuart. Making too fancy for yourself. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was that was that was the one I used to get from uh, South Pacific quite often, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I honestly again, I just loved it. And then the, tra- the trailers, like you know, like videos. You, you're doing this dead format thing. You, you open up this store mm. where you, you sell films, and within a week, if they come back, they can trade it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, I think that's really cool, man. I genuinely think that's fucking wicked. But like. The one thing I, I really don't like about how films are done today is that streaming, this, the streaming kind of thing, of how instantaneous it is. I loved it, don't get me wrong. Like, the fact I can just put a film on, immediately put another film on if I wanted to, without having to leave my couch. But the anticipation of going, oh my god, I'm going to put this video in. Ah, oh, let's see what kind of wicked trailers they got on here. Yeah, exactly. Because the trailers weren't even, they weren't like four minutes long and spoiling everything. They were about a minute long each 
didn't spoil a thing and just showed you that these these adventure films, I remember seeing trailers for Willow, trailers for The Bear, and I just wanted to watch them so badly. And I watched these trailers. Oh, Baron Munchausen was one that I regularly see on a video. And I wanted to watch these films so badly because of these little trailers. And they didn't give anything away. And that's the problem with trailers these days. I mean, like, driving it, me nuts. I mean, yeah, it's no, you, you, obviously you don't get trailers anymore. Also, like, the problem with streaming, and the great thing about physical media and like the renting thing is... <clears throat> You took that film home, even if it started and within five minutes it's shit, you're still going to stick it out because you've you've rented it. Yeah. With with streaming and stuff like that, you can just go, oh, switch it off. Yeah, and, and I do. You're not, and sometimes you've got to stick these films out because there's some films that start off and they're like really shit, but then they just get good towards the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, maybe that was what it was for me with Phenomenon. I honestly don't know how it was. Maybe. Phenomenon <laughs> had its moments. It, it had its moments. Yeah, because I mean, the story's interesting enough, but, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, Fistinal Style, that's, that's number one on my list so far. And that's definitely got to be in there, because oh, I, just, I just loved it. I loved it so much. Oh, I really did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and like, and I suppose like, if we go back to like Stan, mm -hmm. the, the the other film I used to rent really often, and this will be no surprise to you because you know me. Uh, but a film again, it was another thing. Another, it was another front cover, another poster of an unbelievably ripped dude <laughs> on the front, and every time it looked post-apocalyptic again, and I loved it. And this is the most weird poster for this this video, and it was Army of Darkness. Yeah. It was it was that Bruce Campbell one where he looks shredded on the front and has this beautiful metal chainsaw and his his arms are up and he's like doing the uh, the Willem Dafoe pose and platoon mm -hmm. like, like really upwards you know what I mean and you had Evil Asher just above him and looking really evil and it's just gorgeously painted and I have out of the poster I would wait till know. the end of the credits so you get both endings yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah yeah and I used to rent that constantly and that's 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 my number two it's got to be it's got to be army darkness man like it's, it's my second film for this whole list like if again it's another goofy movie <laughs> you know what I mean? and then um, like if you've never seen evil dead how are you listening to us like <laughs> i don't really understand but well the like, thing with army of darkness is it was like i mean it can be seen as obviously its own standalone film in a way and um you know, it is different to Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 in a lot of ways. It's funnier, it's more action-packed, it is more of an adventure film than a, oh, yeah. a straight-up horror film. Way more but, <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, um, but it, I'd say it's one of the most, like, quotable films of that era. Like, when that came out, I was at college, um, and I worked at a video shop, and, like, you know, it was all the time. Like if, if we were in like a, like a cafe and someone was going up to get a drink and be like, "Hey, shoot, bitch, come get some," you know. Like, this, you know, or someone would always walk in a room and this is my boomstick, you know. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just, it was just such a great. Like it was funny. Like, I was at the right age to fully appreciate how stupid and funny this film was and obviously a few jokes did go over my head because i was just a little bit too young you know my brother used to put stuff on for me all the time like this is how i got into a horror like he would never admit if we ever spoke to him he'd be like i didn't do this i don't watch horror blah, blah blah but he fully got me into horror and it's his fault and he blatant and he thinks i'm a weirdo for it now <laughs> but army of darkness man like again this is another one of those films that i just watched so often and i rented it because i had to rent it because this 
front cover and his film was amazing. And this poster didn't make sense to me. And I just wanted to see if I missed it. Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to see if I missed that. Well, it's like, isn't the UK cover the one where he's like leaning back and his arms are down and he's like staring up and he's like the, the, the evil ash, like yeah, when he's all like looking down at him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking His arms are down, his arms yeah. are down. Yeah. Because there's that other cover that's on one of the DVDs, isn't it, where it's all painted and Ash is like sitting there and his shirt's all ripped and stuff. And he's yeah, got this girl around his leg and yeah. all that. Yeah, that's, mm. that's the other one. The, the, the one I'm thinking of is the one where he's like, like again, he's like he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Schwarzenegger level of, or no, actually, probably better way to describe it is Rocky Four level shredded. Yeah, I mean, and his arms are up, and he's like, ah, you know, and he just yeah, that that was the cover I kept seeing, and um, yeah, and if you, again, if you've never seen Evil Dead, uh, if you've never seen Army Darkness, you might watch this and go, what, what is this? What's this? What's this prologue bit? Like, is there films before? And then you go back and find the original films, and you watch Evil Dead and go, what was that? <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> like, cause I, I remember I didn't know Evil Dead One and Two existed for such a long time. Like, I just thought it was just this one Army Darkness film. I had no idea what it was, and then I went to a car boot sale. Saw Army of Darkness, and I was like, I'm buying that. I'm having that. And this guy went, do you want these two as well? I'm like, what? These are the prequels? No way. Oh, my God. And I went in watching, go going in thinking, this is going to be hilarious, and terrified the shit out of myself. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 think num- I think number two is still funny. Um, oh, I think it too is. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I do think, like, yeah, two, two is the better film. But I've got a yes. major soft spot for one. Yeah. Like, as being a filmmaker and like you know, obviously learning how they did it and everything. Like now, I just think, film. I just think, I just think it's like a real inspiration as an independent film. And I, I do think like one is like pretty, pretty terrifying. Like, whereas two is two is is one repeated, but kind of with that more of the in the vein of what would yeah. become in the later. It was like a semi-sequel. It was, yeah. like, it was a weird one. And then, I mean, each, each one of them, I, I guess, is probably like their own little pocket universe, I suppose, you know. Because Army Down, this go, Ash is completely different again. I suppose the closest you get to that Ash now is Ash vs. Evil Dead. And, uh, you yeah, know, that, that kind of wisecracking asshole. <laughs> what, what ending do you prefer? Um, the, the one I saw, which was on that video, uh, which was well, the, yeah, uh, Waking Up in drops, the Future. Yeah. Yeah, the I, 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 I like... Shop smart, shop smart. Yeah, shop smart, shop smart. That's something I didn't know about until I think I went to college. I I knew it existed, but I hadn't seen it until I went to college. So I was probably 16 or so. All those times you watched it, you could have actually just waited until the end of the credits and it came on. You wouldn't have known. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I didn't start watching things until after the credits until Space Jam. No, seriously, I, I left that running once, and uh, and Michael Jordan lifts up the credits, and he's like, that's all, folks. And I was like, whoa, there's things after the credits? And that's the, well, that's the point when I, I started doing it. You see, I, I always remember, like, you know, going to see, like, Back to the Future as a kid, and waiting just for them to say, to be concluded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loving credits, you know, waited all that time. Well, now people, like, wait at the end of a Marvel film for, like, you know, an extra ten minutes of footage. But then it was just like one line, <laughs> yeah. or like um, like uh, Skeletor. I'll be back, and I was oh, oh. I just like, stand on your list, man. I know, I know. It's because again, I didn't rent it. I had it. 
Yeah, it's one of those. Like, it, I mean, it should be. I love Master Universe, man. Like, that's honestly one of my favorite films of all time. That Highlander, Robocop. You know, these should be on my list, but <laughs> I owned them. I didn't rent them. You know, and that's that's. So, yeah, and the idea of this is to get like you know random recommendations mm. from the theme. So you, what you rent is a good theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what's next in the list then? <laughs> After that is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm semi ashamed to admit this. Because if it wasn't for this film again, again, I put it down to my age, because um, I was born in 87. This film introduced me to one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Like, I love them so much. And it's it's Dread 95. I love it. I, yeah. I think it's a good film. Yeah, I, I know. It's a, but it is a Rob Schneider film. But... Uh, yeah, but Schneider's <laughs> the weakest part about the film, to be fair. But he's, he's not even that bad. I'm like, the reason I'm ashamed about this, right? It's because that I watched so much and I got all my dread knowledge from that. And then it wasn't until a couple of years after the film came out, my 97, went to a car boot, picked up a massive stack of about 500 2080s. And then I re read all of them, like every single one. All the dread stories, everything that was in there, all the Robo Hunter that's in there, all the Rogue, Rogue, Rogue Trooper. I realized it was yeah. completely different. <laughs> all the Brad, all the Zenith, everything yeah. that was in there. And I realized it was just absolute trash compared to what it was. But at the same time, I still watch that film pretty much every year, and it's, I rented it so often, and it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like for what it is, oh. for for a, like a family-friendly Stallone mm. mega-budget action, here, it's a fun film. Oh. As a dread film, it's fucking terrible. Um, but my biggest issues with it, like like the big fucking robot that fucking right. It's barely in it. <laughs> barely in it, and also not part of the Dread. Well, it was never in Mega City One. That was a different story. The ABC Rope Warriors were completely different. And again, I learned this through these comics. And it was like, oh my god! And I'm like, ah, you know, I get people telling me you can't be a Dread fan. You love Dread ninety five. I was like, why can't I love Dread ninety five? It's genuinely a great, entertaining, just fucking great film. Like so many moments in it, like the Angel Family. You know, that that's Scott Wilson. That's um Matey Boy from Walking Dead. Um mm. ha ha Hamish? No. The farmer dude who loses yeah. his leg. Anyway, yeah, I can't remember. Herschel, that's his name. Yeah, that's him. And I you know, I didn't realise for years. It wasn't until after I watched Walking Dead I was like, Oh, I recognise this dude. Oh, it's Par Angel, fair enough. <laughs> and the makeup on Mean Machine, incredible. But the 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 thing about this film, the bit, even though He's completely wrong. Doesn't look anything like his comic book counterpart. Amanda Sa What's his name? Amanda Sante. Amanda Sante as Rico was incredible. I mean, that lot here. You betrayed the law. All that. Like, ah, oh, it still to this day gives me chills. I just fucking love it. But and a lot of that era when you had films like that, like, that flopped, but there was like the villain. Like, I mean, Street Fighter. Right, yeah. Street Fighter. I mean, Raul, Julia, Raul Julia in Street Fighter. Yeah, man. Fucking amazing. Yes. But Street Fighter is a film. Pretty <laughs> crappy. I mean, I love it, but pretty crappy. <laughs> I've got a huge soft spot for that movie again. Like, I remember... Um, so, I had my ears pinned back because I was being bullied. And uh, I remember being in hospital and, uh, and Mum was staying there with me, kind of, and Street Fighter was on the TV. We watched the whole thing. And then I went to sleep. She went, she went home. And that Christmas, like, she got me Street Fighter on video. And like, again, it was another film I just endlessly watched. <laughs> and it was just because I, I loved it. And like, even now, like, I could put it on with mum and she'll sit down and watch it with me, no problem. Yeah, and it's like, and, but Raul Julia, because this guy was Gomez. 
but yeah. he was also M. Bison. I played Street Fighter, I knew what Street Fighter was. You know, I got my ass handed to me constantly, my brother. But I knew what it was, I knew who M. Bison was. Mm. And this guy was like, for you, it was the worst day of your life. For me, it was just, and it was just you know, like just this delivery and this, the fact that when you learn later on, this guy was so ill. Yeah. And like, it was tragic, but like that film, oh, just such a soft spot for it. And that's, I think, I don't know, it's something similar to that with, with Judge Dredd, like, I mean, I just, I love Judge Dredd so much. Like, when the 2012 movie came out, like, that's almost perfect. I genuinely, I know you, you're not a big fan of, like, gritty, kind of, like, no, dramatised version, I, you know what I, I mean? I, I, no, hmm. I, I like Dredd. I, I like the Carl Urban Dredd a lot. I think it's oh, great. Cool. I'm um, I, you know, I, I mean, it is a remake of The Raid. But <laughs> it, it, uh, it was actually in production before The Raid. I heard that I heard that it was actually a raid script. It was a script for a raid remake. Oh right, I, I heard and, it was, um, and it was before raid even came out. No, it came I, out in the cinema before, didn't it? No, I think it was. I think it was just after it. Um, either way, I, I mean, yeah, either way. But I mean, it is a great movie. It's a brilliant film, and it's it's the film that that made me like Carl Urban. Because I yes. wasn't a big Carl Urban fan until then. I, I didn't always know thought. Was really I, do you know what? Uh, this is this is quite funny. I thought Carl Urban was a guy from Boyzone. <laughs> I actually thought it was the bloke from Boyzone because he looked like the guy from Boyzone that was doing some action and stuff. And I just saw him appear in a few films. It wasn't until a little bit later that I realised that hang on, I've seen this guy other stuff, and he's in like some like horror films I'd seen in like yeah, wasn't he in like. Um, the truth about demons or something like that. He was, like in like also, the he was also in Doom. Yeah, um, he was in Doom as well. And then yeah. obviously Lord of the Rings. Uh, he plays one of the writers. Yeah, and now, and now the boys and obviously everything. But yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah. But yeah, but at that point, I mean, the first thing I ever really noticed him in was Doom. And I was like, what yeah, the fuck is the guy from Boyzone doing in Doom? But then I realised <laughs> that, like, you know, I'd seen him in, in films before that. Like, he was in some films in the 90s. Um, and early two thousands that I had seen just didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I like. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, you know me fairly well. I, I like flops. I like big, fun blockbuster adventures. And I, you know, at the time, I, mean, I, I, I did used to read two thousand AD. I wasn't the biggest fan. I used to mainly read it for Rogue Trooper and the art and the artwork. Um. And I was dead excited for, for Dread because it was like, you know, a big Stallone film. And I remember getting a poster magazine for it when it came out. And I remember going to see it, I remember going to see it at the pictures and I had a good time. But I know a lot of my friends were like seriously disappointed with it. Um, and then I remember watching it when it was on video and there was a point when it was on video that I lost interest a little bit. Um, but then I rewatched it a couple of times in the last few years. And, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, man, like, I, I love that film so much. Like, I've started collecting memorabilia from it. I've got all the, the spugs, you know, the, the pogs. Mm -hmm. I've got all of those now. Um, I've got the SNES game. I've got two Mega Drive versions. <laughs> I've got one boxed and one unboxed. Um, I've got, like, the, the Sugar Puffs posters. Right. Do you remember those? Yeah. So, like, you've got those posters of Sugar Puffs, and it's got the ABC robot, and I think I've got... I've got Dread and ABC Robot, um, ABC Warrior, sorry. The, the, um, um, the trading cards? Um, so I've got trading cards as well uh, from from that era. You know, I, I've just kind of 
trying to find things. And like uh, I say, I've gone through my stack of 2080s. I've got that poster um, thing you said about. I've got the making of on a book, actually. I think it's right next to me. It's not. It's somewhere else. I'm not going to bother trying to look at it. But, I mean, <laughs> I've literally got this next to me, though. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> got my Mega Drive game right next to it. It's just cool. Um, yeah, and like I said, just, I, something about the 95 movie just fascinates me. And I'm, I'm tired of people slagging it off. Do you know what I mean? Like, people do. And it's like, no, 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 no. That is a great movie. Like, yes, it's not Judge Dredd. But it's still a great film. Like, Rob Schneider is, like I said, the worst thing about the film. He's actually not that terrible in this film. Like, I, I do enjoy, I, I enjoy Fergie. I like Fergie. I mean, he did, you see, like, he, did, he did that straight after he did Surf Ninjas, didn't he? He did Surf yeah. Ninjas first, and then it was Judge Dredd, or the other way around. Was it Demolition Man? Because they worked uh, like four and something. Oh, yeah, 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 he's in Demolition Man as well, isn't he? Yeah, Briefly. yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one that does the whole not hand not touching thing with um with Sandra Bullock at one point. Yeah, happy with himself about some stupid I don't know. And he just, oh, just after they they think they've um they've sorted out uh, Phoenix for the yeah. first time. They're like, oh yeah, we've got him. And then Phoenix goes and kicks everyone's ass. <laughs> oh, demolition man. Um, I'm gonna re I'm gonna actually rejig this list a bit because Demolition Man was another film I rented so so much and I'm 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 gonna put it on there. Mm, yeah man. Stallone. Stallone. I know the double Stallone man, the double Stallone. Um, I'm, are I'm, you I'm, are you what are you deleting from this though? Um Charles Play Two. Because yeah. I I don't I don't think I am I think about that, I don't think I actually I really rented it that much because I was quite young and it was the South Pacific times that, that I would have mm. done it. I think it was more my brother did it, and he did it more to scare me than anything else. Because, again, like it was, it was the end scene. It was the end scenes in the factory. Yeah, when, right. it's all melted and shit. Oh, but he's all melted, and he has the knife for a hand. That freaked me out as a kid. I can watch it now and love it. Like, but like as a kid, I had to hide behind the couch. I couldn't watch it. I hated it. And like the rest of the film was fine, but that moment is the bit I really didn't like. And I don't, like I said, think about it, I don't think I actually rented it myself. Um, but Demolition Man, however, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And, ah, uh, mate, I, I love Stallone. No, you, you, again, you know me, you know I love Stallone. And, like, uh, I even mentioned to you the other day about the Frank Stallone documentary, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why have I watched this? But, yeah, it was quite good. It was, it was all right. I didn't realise he was so involved in some of stuff. But Demolition Man, like, that film made me understand who Wesley Snipes was. Has <laughs> like, he not seen Passenger Fifty Seven at that point? Um, at that point, no, 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 I hadn't. It was I, I, I didn't really know who I knew of New Jack City. Again, yeah. tra trailers on, on, I think it was the trailer on the Running Man VHS I had. Um, so I knew of New Jack City, um, and I didn't really know of Passenger Fifty Seven until after Blade had come out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Oh. I basically, I, I, I had to discover all this by myself, you know, it was yeah. one of those. I was only young and I, I picked up films, it was through yeah. trailers, and if I saw a trailer for a film, it was then finding said film, and then, I mean, you know, TV didn't really have much on it, and I didn't watch it until it was on TV, until after Blade came out, so I think it was about 99, I think the thing I with watched when, her, I think the, the thing with Wesley Stipes was, he was great at one-liners, and I think, um, obviously, like, uh, Passenger 57 was the one where he, he 
proper. I mean, he'd been around for years. He was in loads of stuff for years. Like he's even in Wildcats with like Whoopi Gold, um, Goldie Horn. Sorry, not Whoopi Goldberg, Goldie Horn. Yeah. And um, he'd been in like loads of bit parts and stuff. But Passenger Fifty Seven, obviously, you know that came out. It was proper kick ass, and it had like you know some great lines in it. And of course, you know, always bet on black. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what? Uh, relates that to Demolition Man is he he has some brilliant lines with Demolition Man. As yes, well. he does. Like like what makes that so much fun is some of his lines in that film. Like, and he's so fucking cocky as well. He's illuminate. Illuminate. He's just a fantastic villain. He's like really really good villain. It, like, it was, he picks up the gun. He's like charging. I thought there was a future man. <laughs> he just gives it a song. It's like yes, yeah, so good. And like he's just. He's so like he's the he's the cartoon in that movie, yeah. And he's just so brilliant. But going back to Fast Fifty Seven, just for one thing, because I was aware of this film, but only through Bad Boys. Oh, that one line. I think it's like a Martin Where's Lawrence. He a, Passenger Fifty Seven. Give me a little fucking handy wipe. <laughs> that's the one. He just cracks somebody out, and that's the. Oh, I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was, and it wasn't until like you know I'd, I'd probably seen. Yeah. Years later, that I actually finally got around to watching it when it was on TV or something like this. But see, I mean, uh, we found like sparks. Up. I mean, I've got a confession. I mean, like, obviously, you know me, and in my opinion, I'm Michael Bay. Uh, However, I will say that basically, Bad Boys is probably in my like top twenty films of all time. Um, the first one, only the it, first one. The it other was two for me really for a long play. time as well, but I, I watched it probably about six years ago, and I was like, this film, this film is fucking awful. Like, this is bad. It's got like, some of the best. Uh, it's got some uh, amazing lines. That line where it's like, is a fucking brilliant villain, and it's just like, Cillian is great in it. Like she's she's fantastic, and that that skittle scene. Yeah, <laughs> back up. <laughs> Put the gun down and pass me a packet of tropical fruit, but delicious. And some skittles. Right. <laughs> and yes. the other lines, like when Martin Lawrence wakes up and goes, I woke up this morning with a Power Ranger up my ass. So that's the thing. I, I think that, for me, that film is just a series of lines strung together with meh. Like, it, it's, I, just I, a, it's an orange music video, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, it, I mean, yeah, thinking about I mean, the, the problem is, yeah, I mean, I, when it came out, I watched the shit out of it. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. I can't watch it now. Because I, I overdid it, but it's a film that will always be warm to my heart because of like from like you know ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. I watched the living shit out of that film. Yeah, like I, I understand that as well. And I, I'm, I'm again, boy, I, I, I do think it's one of those films that is probably does it's somewhere in my heart. It's, it's one of the most nineties, nineties yeah. films ever. But the the. The, the, the second and third one were all trash. I haven't seen the third one. I've watched the second one and was like, never, never again. In fact, actually, I've sworn off Michael Bay films entirely. Um, <laughs> um, the only one I will watch, well, probably Bad Boys at some point, but the only one I will officially watch is The Rock. Yeah. The that's really acceptable because that mm. was like, you know, that was followed up after Bad Boys. Mm. And that was before, you know, but, I mean... I haven't seen uh, a Michael Bay film since Terminator 3. Not, not Terminator 3, since Transformers 3, sorry. Oh, you see, well, I, I, I tapped out Transformers 2. I, yeah. That was enough for me. But, Transformers 1 was a big kick in the balls. But, I, just, just, I just won't. I just cannot, I cannot yeah. tolerate that man anymore. Like, I mean, that people say, told me, Pain and Gain's worth a watch. Pain and Gain. Pain, like, mm. I was about to say the same thing. Pain and Gain is actually worth a watch. 
Pain so. Gate is good. Um, but yeah, we're not, we're on a Michael Bay run. Yeah, yeah, no, I've gone for a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, let's, let's get back to Demolition Man. Like, uh, so yeah, this is one of those films I, I think the thing that, because that film came out in, God, what year did it come out? Was it 1994? 94. I want to say. 93 or 94. Yeah, and yeah. I remember the opening scene. This is Los Angeles, 1996. And it was already in the future for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you have Rocky turn up. Like, you know, Stallone, Rambo. I'd seen those films by this point. And I, uh, I was like, oh, this superhero is going to come along. And then, and then he loses. And it's just like, what? And Wesley Snipes is just this, like, maniacal lunatic. And, you know, he ends up getting frozen and released in the future. And he's puncturing people's eyes with a fountain pen. And murder death kills and like mm -hmm. what is going on sandra bullock's there and i was in, i was obsessed with sandra bullock <laughs> and i because it's in speed as well and she was just incredible and she still is to be fair but you know um and it just this whole premise of future and taco bell also that's a good, a good point actually have you noticed like on, on social media and stuff like they go on about like uh the british version of demolition man had pizza hut and things like that as well yeah one because, version did yeah, because the only version I ever remember watching, ever, was Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's something that... I think it might have been the TV cut. It might have been like yeah, the Sky cut, have... something like that. Oh, possibly. But I didn't, I didn't have Sky. So. But, but then usually, it's the opposite way around. Like, the Sky cut would be the cut that is the American one. Um... But yeah, I mean, there is, there is, yeah, there is a version where they do change it to Pizza Hut. But I must admit, it's not as common as the memes on Facebook lead you to believe, because every time I watch it, it's always Taco Bell. Yeah, it's always the Taco Bell, because it's always like Taco Bell. But I, I do, I mean, unless, unless it's like a, just a Mandela effect thing, but I'm pretty sure I have seen the version with Pizza Hut in it at some point in my lifetime. But... I don't know. It could be. It could. It could be Shazam all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah, like I said, Demolition Man. That was just a great, great movie. And again, so I've doubled. I've doubled Stallone. I've got to get away from that man now. Because again, I could talk a long, lot. I could basically just fill this list with Stallone if I'm, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> I don't want to because I mean, Detox was another film I rented a lot. Yeah, I. I'm not, I, I just really enjoyed it. It it's was like cool. It's like the yeah, thing about a monster. I was about to say, yeah, it's like the thing, but no monsters. And it, the, the monster is you. you know, and Michael Rooker. And Chris Christopherson, is it Chris Christopherson, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Man, that guy's a great actor, man. Like, he's, he, wait, has, has he died recently, or is he still going? He's still going, Oh, yeah, yeah, but he needs to be more things, either way. Have you ever seen Knights? Knights? Knights, you'd like Knights. It was yeah. a um, sort of post-apocalyptic kind of medieval but futuristic like night film from the mid-90s okay. is it yeah. oh like nights with a k yeah 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 okay. <laughs> yeah you'd like that <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll check it out i'll check it out for sure um okay so i'm gonna go oh, see i've got more than five that's the problem here i've got this little list in front of me uh, i've got more than five um, we'll add a couple of honorable mentions at the yeah end. so i think i'm gonna throw a couple of honorable mentions in now and then I'm going to reveal my final one. Right. Um, yeah, so, like, one of the, another film I rented until I bought it myself was the goth classic. If I say goth classic, 90s movie. It can't rain all the time. It can't rain all the time, exactly. <laughs> it's the fucking crow, man. Like, 
come on. I I was when that film came out, I wasn't even ten. <laughs> you know, and by the time I was old enough to really watch it, I was you know, I was night. Well, I was obviously watching it beforehand. But my brother introduced this movie to me like it like it was a superhero movie. Well, it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. But the, the way he introduced it, I always remember it was like this guy comes back from the dead and he collects weapons and he kills bad guys. And I was like, that sounds cool. And I watched it and it was the coolest. It was the most, it's for me, like, I don't know how you feel about Tim Burton, but I really dislike him after two, after 2000. I really just, ah, oh, he gets so much credit for a film and he doesn't. He's, he's, and, he's um, just lost his way a little bit. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why people like him, but yeah, I don't want to go into a tangent about Tim Burton, but it just, the crow was like, if Tim Burton actually was cool, the crow would have been his movie. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's how I feel people imagine. Mm, but then, yeah, but then, no, the same side of the coin though, right? Is if Tim Burton hadn't done Batman, that's right, true. That's true. Would the crow that. be the type of film it is. No, because the, the crow was, you know, I mean, Batman was 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 quite a dark comic book movie, and the crow, yeah, and the crow, they took that, you know, they they took the dark vibe of a comic book movie and they darked it. it was fucking, it does fit with the comic. Yeah, now, yeah, like you know, I mean, obviously, I was I was sixteen when the crow came out, and um, <clears throat> I didn't get to see it at the pictures because uh, it wasn't eighteen, and I did go to see some eighteens back then, but I didn't get to see the crow. And I hadn't watched it, and then that year I went to a um, electronic show in London at Earl's Court, and there was a laser disc uh, stall there, and a home cinema stall. And they had this like kick-ass home cinema set up, and they were demoing the crow, and it was the scene where he's going on the table. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's a. And I watched it, and I was like, "Fuck me, this is awesome!" Right? And I got home that night, and I went straight to the video shop, and I rented it straight away. Yeah. Like I rented it straight away, and I it was in my video player for like three days straight. I was like, "This is the best thing ever," yeah. you know. That's and I was like, movie, right? "It's around the time I was getting into like my rock and metal as well." So <laughs> it was like I love, I love the soundtrack, and oh, I was just I was just obsessed with it. It was just like you know. I think around about the time I was watching that film was when Stairway to Heaven was coming out, like the Crow TV series. Mm-hmm. Because I remember them talking about it and like you know the fact that he was like yeah it's a real honour to play Eric Draven and it's a, a real honour to like you know to, to honour Brandley even if you watch that none of that happens um, it's quite a bad series um, but I remember them talking about it and then obviously they went into like it was oh it was movies games and videos that's why I saw this on <laughs> I love that <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah, I should love it. He had a magazine for it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, they had they had a section on the crow because the ser- the series was coming out and they were going into a bit of the making of the crow and the tragedy of you know Brandon Lee, and uh, and they go on about like the CGI face and, and you know, all that kind of thing. And obviously, never really kind of pinpointed exactly when it was happening because obviously it destroyed the magic of it. And it was just like this this seems like the coolest thing and i've seen this film i know what they're talking about and i want to watch this tv series and because it was on sky i never got to watch it it was no, i only had terrestrial tv at the same time so just four channels um being in devon you only had four channels instead of five if you only had terrestrial did you know that did you realize that 
Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get we didn't get five channels properly until I think it was the two thousands. Mm. So yeah, yeah. yeah until free, until it. until until Freeview until Freeview came along, we didn't get five channels as a as a. I never really watched much normal TV because I was just yeah. watch videos and DVDs all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, like The Crow was just a just a film I absolutely adored and still do to this day. I mean, I watch it at least once a year. I try and watch it. Still, it. it still holds up. I mean, mm. I mean, sure. I I I got to see City of Angels at the pictures when that came out, and I remember being like dead excited because I was such a fan of the first one. <laughs> And feeling a bit disappointed. However, I will say now, City of Angels is actually pretty good. I've always it said is, yeah. it's actually pretty good. The others, nah, the, the yeah. City of the, Angels the, is actually. The third one tried to do something, and it it, it had it, you could see what the third one was trying to do. Is the it third just, one, it just one didn't with work. Eddie Furlong? No, that's the fourth one, man. That's bad. That's the one with Dennis and Hopper it, and, and Boreanaz and Tara Reid. Oh yeah, oh, I need I need, oh. I need that Boreanaz is in one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's in the fourth one. Uh, Wicked Prairie, that one's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, got, I, I've got them all on DVD. <laughs> yeah, I had them all on DVD at one point myself. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the City of Angels is good. Like, I, but then I heard about, like, the cut. Like, the, there, was, there was originally, like, more to it. And this was, like, a two-hour-long cut or something stupid like this. And I really want to see that version. I mean, we got the Snyder Cut recently. Can we get the City of Angels, like, proper cut? You know what I mean? Like, maybe... Just maybe actually get the good, good version. Because... I agree with you. I think Sea of Angels isn't that bad. I think it was quite good. I mean, the Iggy I Pop, the weird leather man that he is. Yeah. I yeah. was disappointed at the pictures, but then when I, I watched it again, when it came out on video, and, and, I, and I liked it. And then yeah. also, like, <laughs> when City of Angels came out, I was so excited for it. I invested loads in merch. Like, I brought all the trading cards. <laughs> and I spent a fortune, like, trying to collect the entire set of trading cards for it. And, um, you know, I, I was really dead excited about it. You'd go and see it on opening night and everything like that. And, um, yeah, I remember being disappointed, but I do say it, it did, it, it does get better with age. It's actually, oh, it's sure. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, The Crow is, is like my number one honorable mention. Another one that I'm going to throw in there. And again, I don't want to talk about this too much because it's Tim Burton related. Um, but it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, this is another film I watch every year. Um, the Crow I watch every year, um, day before Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then I watch Halloween. And then I watched Nightmare Before Christmas. That's my Halloween yearly tradition. You see, I've got a funny relationship with Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I went and saw it at the pictures when it came out. Now, what a lot of people don't know um, is it actually came out in the UK a year after it came out in the States, right? Hmm. And it wasn't that well received when it came out, believe it or not. No, it wasn't until a video that... Uh, And I... I I went and saw it and I absolutely loved it. Like it, it blew my mind, and um, and it re- it really did just like really blow my mind that film. And I, I adored it. And I bought it. They came out on video. And in the late, very late nineties, early two thousands, when eBay first started, I used to spend a lot of money buying Nightmare Before Christmas merch mm. from. The States, and I had quite a big collection of it, and it was like a real sort of special film to me. Yeah. Then, in the early 2000s, when the sort of scene kids scene happened, and AFI started using. Um, and Corey uh, Taylor wore yeah. that fucking hat. Uh, before yeah. Corey Taylor, it was like, it was, uh, it was like AFI and, and all of a sudden, 
all these teenage goth kids, right, were just going crazy for night before Christmas stuff, and all of a sudden it flooded everywhere you went. You go to markets and you could buy nightmare before jack skeleton things, yeah, and yeah. every single like goth kid you saw would walk around with like jack skeleton bags and jack skeleton purses, and and, and everyone was like, oh, it's the best film ever. And I, as a bit of a film snob, was like, oh god, you know, what's this become? This thing that I've spent fortunes like, you know, absolute oh, fortunes getting all this rare merchandise. This niche for. thing I know yeah. is now all of a sudden popular. Yeah. I don't and like I, it anymore. I got, I, got, <laughs> I got really funny with it. And um, I ended up selling all my collection and I was just like, oh, I'm done with it. But and I could, I could, I couldn't be done with it completely because whenever it was on, I'd still watch it and thoroughly enjoy it. And obviously, like, I'm a massive, 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 massive Danny Elfman fan. Yeah, um, yeah. He's like my hero. Like, I know, 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 it's my favourite band ever. <laughs> and I collect Danny Elfman scores. And it's like, I, I'm, I obsess over Danny Elfman. So I always like it for that. And I also, I love Henry Selleck as a director. Henry Selleck. Yeah, and I hate the fact that Tim, that, he, People think it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, it's not. It's Tim, Tim Burton basically, yeah, he came up with the idea. He came up with some of the sketches, but he was barely even on set. It was, yeah. um, it was he was I mean, making Batman Returns at the time. Essentially, what Danny Elfman essentially wrote the film. Well, Danny Elfman and his friends wrote, he yeah, did wrote, all the music, didn't he? Yeah, and, and they wrote some of the dialogue. His, his yeah. the lady he was living with wrote some of the most of the dialogue and stuff. Um, Sally was yeah, a creation as yeah. well, or from her as well. Mm. And obviously, Henry Selick is just such a brilliant director like i mean check out some of his short films he made and like even james and the giant peach like and yeah, monkey bone giant peach. Oh, what movie? Yeah, and monkey oh. bone as well like i fucking love monkey yeah. bone as well uh, but i mean i love i love paranormal yeah well all like oh. stuff you know, yeah like is a whole new ball game yeah, but yeah. yeah but come to now so basically I, I i started accepting nightmare before christmas again after a very short amount of time of not liking it and I still fully love it. However, there is a big however here. Yeah. I had a son two years ago. And um, <laughs> my son is lovely. <coughs> He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And he likes films, which is great. Like, however, there's only three films that he can watch that will settle him down at night time. Uh, and it's Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, and Paranorman. Right, oh, no. um, and you put any of those three films on before bed, and he will lay there with a bottle of milk, drink it until he goes to sleep, and that's how you get him to bed every night. So for the last year, since he's been big enough to sit down and watch thing, it's every every night. I mean, thank well, uh, Coraline is the best one to do it to to get him down, but Nightmare Before Christmas is the second best one to get him down. So tonight we've had it on. And I've just it, it they're grinding on me. They're grinding on oh, me. I won't put para, I won't put Paranorman on that much because I love that one like loads. So I'm trying to be good and not wear wear, wear that one out. But we've worn out Coraline in that before Christmas. Oh mate, I'm sorry um, to hear that, but I really you know, am. Every every morning I wake up and the first thing I can think of is to have died in Kentucky. I am Mister Unlucky. I'm going to France. I'm like yeah. And since I'm dead, I can take off my head. And there's like there's things I've started to notice bad things about it. Like I've noticed that like uh, obviously because not all of the puppets are as detailed as some of the other puppets. Yeah. yeah. So, like it's some like the vampire. One of the vampires looks really shoddy, and it's like I'm noticing things about this 
beautiful, beloved film that I don't want to notice, but because it's on so much, like, all the fucking time, like, every day, <laughs> like, I, I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to lose the magic. Oh, man. Um, See, that's, that's the thing, so it, I, I kind of, when I first watched it, I think I was just too young to really understand it, um, but again, it was one of those, I, I, I'd rented it, um, well, I got my brother to rent it, you know, whatever. Um, well, I mean, back in the back in the nineties, like you know, people didn't care. You'd be, you'd be you know like what I mean? Like, seven when it came out. I would have been seven when it came out. I think it must have been about eight or nine. So about ninety-seven-ish, I, I I would have probably started to watch it because I didn't watch it in the cinema at all. Um, and it would have been a case of like you know, I say in the nineties, you know, you, people didn't really care, right? You, you could go down the shop and buy some cigarettes for your dad because you said you're buying it for your dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you could have just easily got a thing like, oh yeah, it's my brother, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's as long as they knew who your brother was, mm. or that kind of thing. And I I got this one because it looked spooky and it looked great and it looked really cool. I hated it. I hated it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't get it. I didn't it understand it. Songs, probably probably is is what it was. I, again, I think I was just the wrong age. And it wasn't until maybe a year or so later that I decided to pick it up again. Um, I think by that point I'd seen Beetlejuice and I I knew the name Tim Burton. I'd watched Batman more often as well, so I knew the name Tim Burton. I thought I'd give it a go. And, um, because again, I didn't know at the time that, you know, Tim Burton had nothing to do with it. It wasn't until I went to school that I realized all this and I was like, hey, hold up. But anyway, before I go on that tangent, um, like, um, yeah, I, I watched it again. And I was like, you know what? I, I, this is great. I, I love everything about this. I love stop motion animation to the point that I, I am slowly trying to get into my, get into myself. I'm slowly trying to work into animation myself. And definitely one of the inspirations is that movie. And I would rent it often until I bought it myself uh, on VHS. I think I bought it X rental, um, but it wasn't big box. Um, so it was one of those ones you, you, they had it rented, but it wasn't a big box rental. If you know what I mean? Um, I think I might got it from Blockbuster actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is weird because they rarely had small boxes. Uh, but Disney. Hmm? Oh, Disney. Yeah, Disney. Disney would just be like uh, a universal thing. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. I then I'd, I'd watch it all the time. Then I, I absolutely loved it. So yeah, that's that's my other uh, my other honourable mention there. But if you're talking about stop motion animation. Mm. I mean, another film that I was really hoping that you were going to mention today, Comet Quest. I don't know it. Oh wait, no. Yes, I do know it. Oh, you mate, do yeah. know it. We've talked Is about it. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Twain. Jesus, man, that was another film. Oh, that's a beautiful film. Mark Twain. Oh, that's the thing. I never rented it. Like, I never rented it. And that was one of those ones. You know what I was saying about trailers earlier? You watch Brown, Brown, Charles, and things yeah. like that. Actually, when, yeah. you, when you had American Rabbit and Star mm. Trek's The Legend of Warren, yeah, yeah. and GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords, they all were on Clubhouse Video, or Clubhouse Pictures, yeah. or whatever it was called. And they all, had the, they all had the same trailers, and it was the trailers for the yeah, Comic Quest, The Adventures of Mark Twain. I know exactly what video I saw that trailer on, actually. And it was... um. It's one of my most beloved VHSs I have. It's not even worth anything, but it's it's a really unique one. I've never seen it anywhere else. I've never seen anyone have, have this, but it was Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Mm. And the beginning of that has trailers for Willow, The Bear, it has Comic Quest, and like, um, Baron Munchausen as well. It's all on there, and I just remember it, like, just thinking, I watched that film, and I got that on Blu-ray a few years ago, and I, I, I've sadly got rid of it. I don't know why I did. Um, 
I remember you were dead proud of it. Like, I was so yeah. proud of it. I know, I know what happened. It was a safe spacing thing. I think I was moving and I just got rid of loads of stuff and I didn't think about it. And I really wish I didn't. Is it out of print now? Is yeah. I, re I reckon it is out of print as well, yeah. Because um, I actually want that on Blu ray. <laughs> I know, and I, I had it, um, but yeah, I'm a fool. But like I said, this, this particular video, this Ghostbusters 1 and 2 video, was given to me. Again, Ghostbusters 1 scared me as a kid. I didn't really like it too much. Ghostbusters 2, I loved it, but. The train scene was a bit... Even, I, was, I was fine with the train scene with all his heads. Anyway, the reason this video was so unique um, that I've never seen another version of it is right in between it. So you finish Ghostbusters 1, and it it reminded me of, like, double features at cinema. That's how it's kind of displayed. Because you'd have Ghostbusters 1 finish. Then in between that, you had Episode 1 of the Batman serial. You know, the black and white serial? Right. Like, they used to play in the, they used to play in the cinema... So, like, when they were trying to get another Batman series before Adam West kind of thing. And it was Batman and Robin versus the Red Hood. I'm pretty sure that was the episode, what it was called. Um, or the Attack of the Red Hood. So, again, it's before Joker was even in, in on TV kind of thing. He was fighting gangsters. Mm -hmm. And it had the entire half an hour long episode. And then it played Ghostbusters 2. And I've still got this video. And I don't... I've never, ever seen it. Any, any other video like it. And... Yeah, it's really bizarre, and I don't really get it. But I just remember those trailers, and like I said, Comic Quest, man. That the uh, the the devil, um, dra the drama and um, tragedy, ma tragedy mask, and ah, oh, that film was so good. But again, I didn't rent that. I'd never rented. Yeah. I'd, seen, I'd seen the trailer. I'd seen the film once. I got it on Blu-ray. Watched it like six or seven times. <laughs> the Adventures of Mark Twain, and um, and then like I said, I, I don't have it anymore. I, I I'm. I'm absolutely positive I don't have anyone. I, I think, I, yeah, I moved house, I moved to Bristol, and uh, I had to sell up and get rid of those stuff. Do you know how much that Blu-ray is going for? Oh, right don't, now? mate, don't. Go on. 65 quid. You fucking... <laughs> oh, man, are you serious? Yeah. 65 quid. Well, that's what, that's I, what people I, are trying to sell it for, whether it actually sells for that. We look at sold listings on eBay. I paid £8 for that. I remember I sent you the link for it. Yeah. I was so right. happy. No, you can get, like, the, the, yeah, it sells for about 40. About 40. About 40, 40. Oh, I mean, I, I want it. I want it. I'm going to have to get it at some point. But Jesus, I, I'm such a fool. Such a fool. Jesus, okay. All right. Can we move on? Because yeah. <laughs> um, okay, right. So, my number one pick. Like another film I used to rent constantly, and this is going right. So if I say Nicolas Cage, because it's Nicolas Cage, it's my obsession with Nicolas Cage. It's the reason why I love this film so much, and also it's just a fucking great movie. Um, Connor. Yes, mate. Absolutely, Connor. <laughs> like, Put I didn't the even Barney back in the box. <laughs> Barney back in the box. Um, fucking Poe. Is that his name? John Malkovich and John Cusack and just... Shimmy. Uh, is it Ving Rhames? No, not Ving Rhames. Um, yeah. It was oh, Ving Rhames. It was Ving Rhames, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ving Rhames and Steve Buscemi, as you said. And then Danny Trejo, that big Mexican dude that dies and everything, as I knew him back then, because I didn't know his name. But he was just, because he was always in, like, Dust of Dawn. He was in uh, Desert Heat <laughs> and everything. But, yeah, Con Air. I rented this film so damn much. Like, my sister got annoyed with me my brothers got annoyed with me i swear like to the point like you know i had to if i rented it i i had to go upstairs and watch it by myself i couldn't watch it with anybody i i just 
it was just like Nicolas, Nicolas Cage being an action hero didn't make sense to anybody else apart from me because I, I the first time I really knew who he was was Face Off. So as far as I'm concerned, he was this action hero and he was just so good in Face Off and he was so good in this and that accent is just incredible. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, and I went to a Catholic school. Yeah, so I, I you know, I, I, I was, went to Sacred Heart um, Primary School in Painton and, you know, whole world in your hands. Yeah. Like, that was a regular thing but that used to be sang in assembly. <laughs> and then you have this guy who's singing it with, who looked weird. You know, he had these bug eyes, his teeth were all kind of awkward, and he's just singing to his little girl, and you think, oh no, he's going to kill him, and then puts that song into a whole new context for you, you know what I mean? It was bizarre. <laughs> like, I'm not a religious guy at all, but like, you know, I just want to make sure that that's out there. But yeah, man, that was, that, I, that was a, I, was, oh, I just love that movie. Like, it's, a, it's a fun one. Um, I, I know, it's not, it's, it's not. not it's but not, it has to it's be not on the there. best, but it, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I I always like debated which one I preferred, that or The Rock. Um, oh, no, probably The Rock, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm too, but I never rented though. Again, it was one that was owned in the family. I don't know. I think I think probably Conair is a bit better than The Rock, but the, there is something about The Rock. I think it's the music in The Rock. Yeah, I think the reason why I put Conair at the top of this list, like yeah, you know, there's the one, is because I think. It's the most rent-worthy. It's not necessarily a film that you'd want to want to own, but you definitely rent it out and put it on with a few mates. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you want to watch Con Air? Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, let's put the video in. Brilliant. Let's watch this. You know what I mean? Like it was. I mean, I, I think the the thing is for me as well. Like, I mean, I love Con Air. Don't get me wrong. I think it's brilliant, and I I own it, and I I can watch it over and over again. Um. But I mean, the nineties was just—you know, you don't get decent action movies these days. But the nineties, we had so many decent action movies, and you know, in the same—I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you, you're picking titles that you rented. And obviously, like I said, you're a bit younger than me, so it makes sense. Um, but obviously, from my perspective, I would my 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 list would be very action heavy, but it would be things like Point Break. Um, you know, speed. Um, it's the point break speed. The other things like my sister yeah. was into. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, she's, she's eight years older than I am, something like yeah. that. Yeah, only the strong with Mark the Koskos. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> um, the long kiss good night. <laughs> oh, long kiss good night. What a film that was. I, well, I love the fact you watch that every Christmas. I uh, really do. It's I, a proper decent Christmas film. It's like it's like one of the perfect like start off your Christmas season movies. It's, it's it's such a good film, and again that 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 wasn't even a film I rented. I, my my sister had that, and I borrowed it off her quite often. I used to steal it so often. Samuel Jackson was like indestructible in that film. He was badass, but also Gina Davis, man. She yeah, was but that was so hot. Like I just had a thing for Gina Davis. That's when you she know? was going through. That's when she was going through. Um, well, when Rennie Harlan was just making films for her. Mm. Still, yeah. oh, she did cut through Ireland as well, not long after. Yeah. Not, was it just but before? Or not long afterwards. And it kind of like ruined both their careers. Yeah, um, I love Pepper Island as well. Though that's a that's a good movie. That was always some, what's something I saw on TV or watch it, no problem. Yeah, it was a good one that one. Hmm. But yeah, man, like same so, I mean, Con Air. Like, like you said, you know, I know your list would be would be completely different to mine. Like, uh, and this is probably one of the reasons why. You, I, mean, I host, so I don't have to do the list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
which is probably a good thing. I'd love to know what you'd do at some point. But, <laughs> well, but I, will have, I will have, like, recommended sections in there, but yeah, I, feel, I will, like, be picking random subgenres. Like, when we open, I'll probably have a Killer Bats Attack Small Town section. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> of, uh, killer I love I love killer oh, it's killer bats it has to be killer bats I love yeah. killer bat movies yeah bats uh, vampire bats um, fangs which is probably the best yeah, I, straight... I, I love big animal movies like Lake Placid and like that that recent prey film uh, the one with the the lion terrorizing Los Angeles where it was oh you seen the one you seen the one where um. Uh, is it called Burning Bright or something? Where they where they get this, they want to kill these two kids, so they lock them in a house with a tiger. No man, I've not seen that. Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's like stepdad or something. Like locks them in a house with a tiger, so the tiger's gonna kill them, and they're like trying to get out of the house. I did watch that one where it's like um, the crawl space one, when when like the the crocodiles yeah. are in a crawl space. That was a good movie. I'd like I. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, yeah, it was good. That was yeah, years yeah. ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And I, I just right. kind of put that on as a win. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Like, big giant animal is going to try and kill you? Hell yeah, I'm in for that. Anaconda <laughs> was another one of those movies. I, was, I watched that, I watched that the, same, the same week I watched Face Off. It was because I, I was jet-lagged. And I was up at like 3 a.m. in America and it was on TV and I was watching Face Off and watching Anaconda. I was 10 years old. Please don't judge my parents. But, <laughs> you know, and I, I loved them. I absolutely adored them. I really did. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I, I'm not even sure when I first watched Conair to make make this happen. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was a case of, um, I think my sister had just moved out. And I think I was just staying at hers because mum was out with my dad or something like this and they wanted you know they wanted some peace and quiet away from the kids so me and my little brother were at my sisters and i think we went to south pacific yeah it was definitely she lived right around the corner from south pacific so we went to south pacific and we saw this nicholas cage movie and i was like i want to watch that and said, okay cool and we put it on and i just fell in love with it <laughs> and like because what was it? he's cyrus the virus isn't he yeah yeah uh cyrus the virus he was creepy and horrible and like i say steve buscemi like i hadn't seen him in anything i think that's the first time i've ever seen buscemi in it. i think it was the first time i've ever seen uh malkovich in first film i could probably remember maybe not treo yeah no definitely not treo um first one i saw being rains in you know what i mean like it's, there's so many people jo uh, john cusack i hadn't seen gross point blank at this point i hadn't seen high fidelity at this point you know, and I, you know, all these people were kind of introduced to me through this Nicolas Cage vehicle <laughs> that has this horrendous song attached to it, which I've only just remembered about the song. <laughs> yeah, it is. I get it. The stuff of that song was so huge. It was everywhere. So how can I live without you? Is that the one? Yeah, how can I live without you? That one. I'm sure that was Nicholas. I'm yeah, sure that was Connor. Sure, it was Connor. I, I could be very wrong. I'm deaf. Hang on, hang on. I'm just going to Google this two seconds. But, um, but yeah, there was a song attached to it, and it just it was everywhere. Uh, Connor song. I know this isn't good podcast material. Either. I'm looking at a bloody phone. <laughs> um. Uh, no, that's not it. I could be very wrong, you know. I was always convinced that was what it was. Hang on. Yeah, is, are you just thinking because of Conair's cast 
feels very similar to Armageddon's cast that you're not getting one of that with, uh, with Armageddon. <laughs> Maybe, but Armageddon was definitely Aerosmith. I know that for sure. Um, God, I really, there was definitely, I, I'm sure there was a track attached to it. Uh, oh, hang on. Yeah, How Do I Live? Leanne Rhymes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that was from Conair. Yeah, I just remembered, like, oh, I only just remember that song. But yeah, that song was getting everywhere. <laughs> it was absolutely everywhere. It, was, it felt, you, so you must remember, you must remember uh, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. And Brian Adams, 16 yeah. Weeks at Number One. I remember that, and I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. The, and then the bodyguard a few years later. The bodyguard, and there was always a blockbuster and then, movie. And then Armageddon. Yeah, there was always a blockbuster yeah. movie and a song that just got stuck with it, and it was always in the charts for so long, and it went on forever. And ah, oh, and that Con Air was that movie. Like '97 was one of those songs that happened that year, and that song, like Leanne Rhymes, was huge. Don't know what she's doing now, but like, you know, she was huge at the time, and yeah. And uh, I kind of want to take my recommendation off this now. <laughs> no, 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 I'm putting it, I'm putting it in for sure. Because it, it adds to the cheese, man. Like, because that song was at the beginning, it was right at the end. It's pretty much the entire, like, you know, um, like, motif was all the way through that film. Like, it was a big thing. You know, like, because he defends his pregnant wife, and the whole point, he's got his bunny for his daughter. And he's had this bunny for years, and he's not met his daughter because he wasn't allowed to. Then he's been transferred, and then he has this amazing kick-ass action. And I say amazing. He has this kick-ass action. <laughs> and yeah, he meets Danny Trejo, and he's like, you don't do that to women! Yeah, and it's the bunny in a box scene, and ah, oh, just and John Cusack is just being great. Like, <laughs> clearly hated his time on that film, but he was being great, and it was, ah. Oh, I remember when I, it came out, I mean, like, Obviously, the internet was a thing then, and the website, it had a game, like a flash game you could play. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and if you lost, it goes, no, why did you put the bunny back in the box? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really cool flash game for it. That's, that's when the era when the internet was getting big, so, like, every film had its own, like, website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might want to find it, like, archived or just something like that. Um, but, yeah, that was a great list, man. Yeah, um, thank you, man. Appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so, yeah, um, to everybody listening out there, um, things are going well with the shop. We're uh, still raising money, and um, I'm selling stuff and setting things up, getting the system ready, uh, uh, organising my uh, collection and stock we've got. Uh, but we're, we're getting there. Uh, things are looking good. That the shop should should still be opening this year. Um, hopefully sooner than you think. Um, it's been great having Stu on and having a good chat about films. Uh, like I said, well, we've, we've known each other and collaborated several times um, over the years, uh, but we now live in completely different parts of the country, so it's great getting Stu on board as, as a guest to discuss this sort of stuff, because we don't get to talk enough, so we might as well, when we do talk, share our chats for the rest of the world as part of this crazy podcast I'm doing. And this crazy adventure. Um, so yeah, um, thanks for listening. Um, Stu, any last words? No, nah, man. Like, send me if you if you think any of any of this was fun or interesting. You know what I mean? Like, just go if you if you don't know any of these films, if you've never seen like Fist and Osage, just go watch it. Just, I'm serious. I'm I'm so excited for every one of these films because they are great. And like, what Nick's doing with this rental store, like, just. Everything sounds like a wicked idea. The whole idea of kind of 
what was like I say, buying something and then going, do you know what? Can I trade it in for a different one? Yes, absolutely, for a small charge. I think it's just such a good idea. And, uh, yeah, man, like, I mean, I've got my own stuff going on on, on YouTube. Like, you can find me somehow, maybe, on Respawning. I think that's what it yeah. is, but Just look at Respawning on YouTube. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the um, link below. Stu yeah. goes under the name Codename Big Bear. Codename Big Bear. You can also find him lurking on Twitter from time to time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but all his details will be, on, uh, be in the, uh, this, the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it. We'll call this a wrap. Um, it's now half past midnight. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to go and outside and hunt some vampires before I go to sleep. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been great chatting to you, mate. Um, yeah, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for listening, guys, and um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Beware of illegal video cassettes. Check whether this video cassette carries a genuine label hologram. Video piracy is a crime. Do not accept it. Demand a genuine cassette from your video store.